0: Good morning, it's Aya Wimala, and I'm coming to you from Crystal Lake, Illinois, and today is Friday the 28th, so another weekend. Uh, I hope you got to see my uh, time at Mainstay Therapeutic Farm yesterday. And they, they do so much with therapeutic courses that are very special horses that have been trained and picked out very specifically for their uh, ability to be very calm and work with people and um uh, they they're very amazing horses and uh, I talked about the little herd and did, and just kind of did the uh, big gorgeous horses as a sideline but the horses are their main I don't want to see the main say the main thing, but the horses are very important. They're very amazing animals. They work with people who are disabled or who have um, memory loss. Uh, they work with people who have gone and have gone through trauma and they work with so many different clients. It's just amazing because they they work with a lot of autistic people, and the horses can, can get responses from people. And I've talked to parents of people and spouses of people. When, when their family members are with the horses, they get incredible responses. And they develop relationships with those horses that is just truly incredible. And that's the kind of work they're doing. The little herd, those animals are rescued animals and Carla, who I was talking to, when she came to work at Mainstay, she brought her own little herd of rescued animals. And over the years that she's been there, uh, that herd has grown and, you know, some of the animals have uh, lived a long life and they've passed on and the herd has changed. But some of some of them have been there. There's always that overlap. So the, the little herd works with People who have been, often been uh, in in some sense abandoned or traumatized or had difficult, have gone through difficult times, and they they have their special relationship with people, and uh, they they speak to people's hearts and they really understand. They 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 pick. They know the energy fields of humans, and with the little herd. The animals make all the decisions about who they're going to come up to, who they're going to let pet them, or who they who they want to headbutt. Uh, they they make those decisions, and the humans just are able to interact with them. But at the animals, at the animals' pleasure, and the animals love to interact with people, but they know who they want to. Be around. They know. They often know the person who's uh, emotionally the neediest in the group. And I have one story. Ernie, who was the goat who lay in Carla's shadow, and we were laughing because he rubbed his belly on the dirt and settled in right in her shadow. Ernie uh, was the, the, a few days, maybe less than a week after my dog Toby died. Over uh, about a. a a year and five months ago, I had a workshop that Carla and Joan uh, ran, and it was the third time the same group of people came to the workshop, and everyone was dealing with loss, and it was just a beautiful experience with the little herd, and I shared with everyone that that Toby had died, and all the people there have of course have animals and they always knew how how important my dogs had been to me and Carla said when we go out to the barn I'm not gonna tell you who but I want to see if there's a certain animal that might really uh, come over and take want to take care of you and you know I thought oh I'm dealing with my I'm dealing with my grief well you know I understand the nature of of grief and the nature of things passing away, and I, I knew how sad I was inside and how much I missed my dog. I missed Toby, but you know I wasn't really expecting anything special. And when we got into the barn, they asked people, uh, and all of the people. There were about ten of us in the group. They asked. They always ask the people, the humans, to stand back. And then the animals come in. They open a door and the animals come in when they're ready to. And then the animals will come up. They always ask the people, just stand there and be be quiet and let the animals come to you. And remember, all of these are rescued animals. They've been rescued from um, being put down or being butchered or someone who's had them for a long time and their children have grown up and, you know, they don't want to keep... The little, uh, like the miniature horses or the, the, the smaller animals that maybe were for their children. All kinds of different situations. So that's why they let the animals make the decisions and make the choices. They're, they're more in control. And so immediately one goat—and I'd been there before, I'd been there at least three different times. Maybe a few others just to visit those animals, but here comes one goat. Almost trots up to me, and just stands by me. And for the rest of that day, it was that was Ernie, and that was the goat that was laying in, uh, lying down in front of Carla yesterday. And later, Carla told me Ernie's Ernie's our empath goat, and I knew. I knew Ernie would come to you because Ernie always senses the emotion, the emotions of the group, and he goes and he wants to be there for the person that he feels needs needs that contact with him the most. And, it, and Ernie did exactly what she thought, so he came up to me, and uh, the rest of that we were there for over an hour just being with the animals and petting them, and after a while we could walk around and uh, approach the animals that we liked, but the animals were just floating among us and uh, enjoying being with each other and enjoying just hanging out with us. And Ernie, Ernie stayed with me the longest time, right next to me, sometimes kind of nudging up against me. And then he, uh, after a while, he would walk around. But all through that whole time, he kept coming back around to me, as if he were checking up on me, making sure I was okay. And since that time, Ernie's been really special to me. And later yesterday, she said, "Did you notice how Ernie, um, Ernie, had kind of come up to you when you first came in before we were recording, and uh, let you pet him, and then he'd gone over with the other animals and?" and then when we stopped and were starting to film, he came over and she said, he was, he was getting there right in front of you and settling down to listen to you and to just be there. He was just wanting to, like a little follow-up visit. And, uh, and she said it was great. He, he felt really good, he, she could tell, because he got so relaxed in the dirt and then when it was when we were finished, you know, he got up and he was everything was fine, and I think he was he was checking in on me. And so th- those animals are incredible, and they've all been through a lot, and that's part of the story that uh, the people who are at Mainstay want to share with people about the little herd. They've survived a lot; they're survivors. They've uh, and they've they are now in the best possible place they could be, and they all use their difficult backgrounds to help others. They take care of each other. Uh, If a new person comes to their little herd, sometimes they kind of pick on them for a while like animals will do, but then gradually there'll be a leader in the group who will become kinder to them and become a friend, and then the other animals follow, follow after that. They, and then their bonding is very strong. So there's so much we can learn. So many of the teachings are like that. I mean, they become noble friends to each other. And so the big, gorgeous horses, uh, I've seen them and I've seen people working with them, but I've been drawn to the little the little herd from the very beginning. And I think all of those animals are, are teachers for everyone. They teach universal lessons, and the people who work with them are the same. They just embody that same uh, attitude and spirit in the volunteers. So it's Mainstay, and it's M-A-I-N-S-T-A-Y, Therapeutic Farm, and it's in Richmond, Illinois. So it's out in a beautiful area. It backs onto uh, part of the kettle moraine, part of Glacier Park. And so it's they have 40 acres with mainstay and then they have they're surrounded by land that's a conservancy and a, and a park and will always be undeveloped. So it's that's why the nature that's there and just the stillness and the quiet and just realizing it's a haven for all the animals who live in that. Not just their 40 acres, but all the land around them is just a haven, and you feel it when you're there. So you can look them up. They have a Facebook page, and uh, if there are any other mainstays, this is Mainstay Therapeutic Farms, and they uh, and they're in Richmond. So you can you can follow them on Facebook. They have a YouTube channel and I'm sure they have a website but I think Facebook has a lot of their newest information. and they do have volunteers, lots of volunteers. right now a lot of their uh, volunteers aren't able to aren't able to come because they're just restricting but there were volunteers there when I was there yesterday. And Carla explained how they're doing the animals are doing sessions on Zoom. So anybody out there who's trying to learn Zoom and feels frustrated with it, I want you to have that image in your head that those animals, the little herd, and I'm sure some of the bigger horses are, are doing Zoom. So if they can do it, we can do it. So I know a lot of us are just learning about Zoom. And the more we do it, the more we, the more Zoom capable we are. But uh, it is within our grasp. So don't be discouraged if you keep discovering new things about Zoom. But I think we'll be using Zoom from now into the future for sure because it works. And a lot of us are going to be staying, staying on Zoom rather than live events for for a long time because we're waiting. For it to be really safe and waiting to feel more confident uh, that we can be protective of others and that they can be protective of us, and uh, big groups for classes are probably a situation that uh, we won't go back to really soon. So that, that, I just wanted to tell you more about my day. I want to start then. Um, Today, with the peace prayer of St. Francis, because we know it's just like my wish and it offers the same exact message. And we can feel that we're, uh, we, we can feel then that all spiritual paths, all paths to living a good, sweet life. begin with compassion towards others. It just can't be left out. So this is the peace prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Amen. So before we sit in silence for the last several minutes, I want to remind you that starting on September the 14th, which is a Monday, we're going to start the book group two times a month, the second Monday and the fourth Monday of each month. So in September, that would be the 14th and the 28th. And that's only about two weeks away. So the books, Welcoming the Unwelcome, Tessa has already gotten them in stock in the gift shop and bookstore at the temple. So they're already there, you can pick them up. Uh, Saturday is a good time if if you're coming to the service in the morning And if you aren't coming to the service, I think the gift shop is open at 11 for a little bit while they're they're still serving the lunches from downstairs. Uh, You can grab the book, and the office is open Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And you can go in and uh, you can just come in, but Tessa will buzz you in in case there are uh, too many other people there. But you can come in, remember to sit, or the gift shop is open, that's Monday through Wednesday. And now the Wednesday evening meditation service is being held, and that's at seven, seven to eight. And remember, you need to um, reserve your spot because there are only, I think, 20 to 25 uh, spots that we can have to, and maintain social distancing. So if you're ready to go back to the temple we're there The temple, the monks are there Saturday morning from 10 to 11. Monday night is still in the park, in Emrickson Park, and that's 7 to 8. And then Wednesday, we're now back in the temple. So Wednesday evening from 7 to 8 is again in the temple. And again, like Saturday, you just need to reserve that spot. And if you reserve a spot, please keep it. Or let, or let someone know in the office, uh, if you can't make it so someone else can take your spot. And, and everyone is spaced six feet apart at least, and everyone needs to wear a mask, but uh, that'll keep going. So join in if you feel comfortable. And all of those are also still being recorded and, uh, and filmed, and videoed, so you can still watch them online. But I hope all of you sign up for Zoom. It's a Zoom book group, so you do need to sign up. There's no charge, um, but you do need to sign up and so you can get that number. So you can uh, have that, put it in your computer or your phone, and be able just to get in automatically once you do that. Okay? So now we have some time to sit. And uh, I was so inspired being at Mainstay yesterday, and I wanted to encourage all of us, and including me, to be out in nature. And nature may be our, our our patio, like it often is for me, or your backyard. And I have a big backyard in the back where I can always go uh, here. And sometimes, now that I don't have dogs to walk, I'm just not finding myself getting out and walking enough. And I have to be uh, determined, I have to use some, video, some of that effort and energy because it feels so good. It feels good to have that contact with the earth and with nature and also seeing other people. I see people in my neighborhood and I see all the dogs that that I've that are some are new to me and some are old buddies. So in the, the beautiful yards people are still maintaining and have t- done such amazing things. Um, that is something I have to, I have to encourage myself to do more. I can get a little too content uh, with my few, you know, going to the store once in a while, and I'm so content with my squirrels and creatures here that I can be, I can be a little too sedentary. I mean, I'm moving around in my apartment. Uh, but it's not I'm not getting out enough. I realized and I really saw that yesterday. So um, I'm hoping I can do more. I will do more of our time together during the week getting out and, and uh, I discovered the benefits of a selfie stick and a little tripod for my phone. I had I'd never thought you would hear those words coming out of my mouth, but I ordered, a selfie stick and a little tripod for my uh, for my phone, so I can go on location and do uh, and do do our time together in different spots. But I I've never been a selfie person, or a and I always I must admit until I see how they use it at Mainstay and all the wonderful things they've done, um, I'm a convert <laughs> there. They encouraged me, and, and Carla even said they're very inexpensive. You can get it on Amazon, and they're not much at all. So, so I'm going to go on location. <laughs> There's a reason for that madness. <laughs> so let's sit now. It'll just be, won't be very long, but we take every opportunity we can, right, to sit and be with ourselves focused on ourselves and then radiating out any of the good qualities we see. So if you're focusing on yourself and sending yourself compassion, if you're going through a difficult time, and I know our emotional states with everything going on in the world are really, you know, they go up and down. That's that's normal. Don't beat on yourself if you're not Always in top form, but understand that these are passing. That our emotions are like waves in the in the ocean. You know, sometimes, sometimes they are, um, they are hurricanes, and sometimes they're just little ripples, and sometimes perfectly still. And so, what we're learning to do is to always come back. No matter how much, uh, no matter how much they they they're hitting us, and we're feeling ourselves being carried away or pulled under. Know that you can make it through difficult times and good times, and keep your balance. So, we always need to find time to come back to ourselves, and remind ourselves of that, and see it within us where. Those signs of calmness are because they're there. We need to sometimes develop them more and focus on them, but they're all, they are in us. They're part of our, our our authentic self. But we need to we need to rediscover them sometimes, or just work with them, and being silent. So any of those qualities you see when you sit, those are qualities you can also radiate out to others. And the world needs that. We all need that. So, if you are out in nature, just you can keep your eyes open. Be aware of the light. Be aware of the sounds. Let your sense doors be open. So that's your hearing and that sense of contact and touch, a sense of taste. So you might be aware that your mouth is dry or you can taste uh, coffee or water from a drink you just had. Vision, so even if you're looking, even if your eyes are open, we're not looking around we're keeping our focus and have it be, have your gaze be a little lowered because we can get so easily distracted by our senses. Even if our eyes are open when we're meditating, we're trying to keep them focused on, on some object or we, we're keeping, there might be a, a tree or a rock or if we have a candle. That's why we close our eyes, usually in our tradition when we meditate, because it cuts out some of that visual distraction. But we have so much going on in our imagination and even light patterns behind our closed eyelids. So it helps some, but it's not, we're not having any sensory deprivation. Our sense of smell all of our senses and we know in in the Buddhist teachings, we include our thinking, our mind as one of our sense organs. So we are being quiet with ourselves, but we are also aware of what's going on around us. We aren't trying to push the world away. We're trying to find our own center, our own groundedness, and I mean literally, a feeling of being connected to the earth. But we don't have to be caught up in the drama or the chaos. We're not trying to isolate ourselves and pull ourselves away from the world, but we need to find our own center of peace. Let your breath be the focus of your attention that gives you a spot to come back to every time you're distracted by a sound or an idea. We don't try to repress any of our senses, but we try to have a different awareness where everything is there but we're only hearing a sound. We're not labeling it. We're not trying to decide where it's coming from or who made the sound or if it's a bird, what kind of bird it was. We're allowing it just to be sound. And if we start smelling delicious food, someone's cooking, we can be aware of a delicious aroma or an aroma, but we don't have to start trying to figure out what kind of food is cooking or what's that bad noise, that bad smell. We can just be aware there's a smell, there's a fragrance. We can do that with all of our senses. Be aware of the temperature of the sun or the air on your skin. Just be okay with everything you're experiencing. Just let it be okay for right now. bringing your attention over and over again, back to your breath. And be aware of each inhale and each exhale. this is a gradual training so for a long time the most important part of our practice will be just seeing when we need to come back to our focus of attention our breath and we'll see that it might be we can only go one and a half inhales or exhales before our attention becomes distracted that's okay this is this is our training but as we develop we have to keep coming back and then we're developing longer periods of staying with that One focus. And that's very important. We don't want to forget that that's our long-term goal. And that focus is just that deeper silence. That's samadhi. And we're able to stay with our breath, May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protecti- protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, and a place of refuge for those without shelter and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana. Keep sitting in silence if you can, even a few more minutes. Thank you so much for being part of my practice. And hopefully I'll see you on Sunday morning.